I am Dr. Drew, and this is Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. And welcome to another Dr. Drew After Dark. I thank you guys for all your emails and voice messages and for making me feel so welcome at your mom's house. By the way, I, I think you will see me in uh, Christina's pod and at your mom's house too. Check those out. Also, Dr. Drew After Dark at Gmail is where you keep sending those emails. Of course, the voice messages at 818-253-1693. And uh, let's just get right into it. My special guest, Jen Kirkman. I'm so excited. It's been so long since I've seen you as a friend, as a podcaster. Yay. They're, pl- they're applauding backstage. Oh, That's phenomenal. This is a rare, <laughs> rare applause coming from behind the scenes. So before we get into it, yeah. where can people find you? What's going on? I'm on tour a lot. Yeah. Um, coming up in August, I like to sweat. Uh, so August, September, October, people can come see me all over America and Canada. Where, where, and, they, where do we find out? Uh, JenKirkman.com, J-E-N-K-I-R-K-M-A-N.com, right okay. on the homepage. So come see me live. It's the best way to see comedy. It's super fun. And I don't talk politics so that if they need a break, they're going to get one. Are you in New York a bunch? I was last year, but I've been back in LA the whole year, but just mm. traveling. Because last time I saw you was at dinner in New York. Dinner in New York. Yeah. Where this is my favorite part. Uh, it was you and your lovely wife. I believe she was having a glass of wine too, or maybe it was just me. <laughs> I can't remember. Probably both of you. Probably both of you. But Sounds right. He came over and he saw, I swear to God, he had the wine and then he looked at you and he turned around and walked away. As though uh, As no though, one like, at my table could be served. Yeah, like, oh, must, must, this isn't, this must not be, this is Dr. Drew sitting there. You don't have oh, wine. No, and I was like, get, get me the wine. <laughs> oh, and he I, finally came back. Oh, I'm surprised my wife didn't go and tackle him by the ankles. <laughs> she didn't see him. He was, <laughs> it was facing me, but I wanted to ask him. If that's why he did it, but that's I didn't want to embarrass him or you. Really funny. So you were then, was it last summer or the summer before? I think it was the summer before it last. It may have even been the <gasps> summer before last, but I've seen you since then in No, you LA. have not. Well, not really, because here's what happened. Because it was two years ago, because it was season one of Maisel. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so you it was were, two summers ago. You were ago. like, oh, I'm working on this thing. We're a comedian. You were like trying to explain it. It's based on Joan Rivers. Yeah, it hadn't come out yet. I know. We were like trying to figure. It reminded me exactly of what happened to me. Mike Myers was on Loveline in 1996. Right. And he goes, uh, he goes I'm working on this thing. It's this, he's a wild international man of mystery. He drives a Jaguar with a flag <laughs> on it. It's like, we were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right, you're like, it's we, just we, the biggest yeah, hit ever. Yeah, I know. We had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> I had no idea what you were talking about. Yeah. And I'm one of the world's biggest fans of that Ooh. show. So congratulations. Well, thank on you. That. I left, uh, season three is now being written. Mm. I left last, I, I didn't renew my offer to come back because I don't live in New York and it was like a lot of headache. Um, you did a great I, job I because I miss it. Right. You did a great job because I could tell. Well, I could see your influence. Everyone says that. I'm, yeah. I'm going to politely say you don't. Well, here's why. Here's, <laughs> but here's what I know was going on. I could see it. I could yeah. see right through it. You had a great actress on your hand. Yeah. Who was acting and not doing stand-up. And you had to turn her into somebody who could do stand-up. No, I didn't have anything to do with it. I never worked with her or anything no? like that. No, I wasn't mm, on set well, like that. That was, the, that was Amy, the director. Okay, well, she did a great job of that. You, did you write the I material? write. I wrote some of it, but it, just like any writer, we wrote lines for everybody on the show. I, see. I wrote uh, a lot of my contributions are to the, like, the sexist men doing stand-up, which uh. was super fun to write. It's just fun to like get into the head of a 1950s guy and be oh like, my, God. my wife, it's actually easy. I was like, I could have been famous back then. I've been rolling off, jo- although I've been like, why is she pretending she's a man? So, so, yeah. <laughs> so, or so we were together like in July or something. Yeah. Two years ago. Wow. And in somewhere around November, we started trying to have coffee of that year. 
Oh, yeah, I didn't work. Oh, I saw you at your birthday. That's right. Okay, last and time. you saw my birthday, my 60th birthday, which yeah. was one year ago. Which That's was right, one year ago. Because you're also a Virgo, right? Yes. Ugh. So my, you know, 11 months ago, give or take. And so, okay, so we'll I mad at us both for not yeah. having coffee. It took us 18 months. We have not had coffee. <laughs> Here, cheers to us having cheers, a drink Cheers, now we're finally together. having coffee. It is so annoying. Oh my God, Drew's is filled with alcohol. He's no, such it's a just phony. old coffee. If it were, I would talk about it. Be, I know, you're an honest, be fun. An honest person. Uh, so anyway, we, we get to talk about you, right? Sure. Good. Okay, good. Uh, where'd you grow up? Massachusetts. Where? Right outside of Boston. Not right outside. Uh, real nice suburb called Needham. Oh, you're Needham. Yeah. Nice. Needham, Mass. Needham, Mass. I used to drive up Route 2 to get to college all the time, and you'd sort of go swing by Needham, if I remember right. Or I maybe it was on the Mass so. Turnpike. We're off the Turnpike. Okay. Yeah, Route 128. Yeah. yeah. On the way to Athol, which was my favorite city in Massachusetts. What is it called? A-T-H-O-L. And they Athol? pronounced it like asshole. I've never heard of that in my it's life. On, it's on Route 2. It's a, it's a oh, little hilarious. tiny little town about three quarters of the way to Amherst. And so... Uh, so oh, I that's would, why. So I was like, it's WCF3, Athol. It's like, okay. It's like, <laughs> I drive through it just to hear the radio <laughs> radio uh, calls. All right, so you're Needham and yeah. uh, high school there, college there? <laughs> There's no college. No, high school I mean, Needham. Yeah, I'm kidding. I went to Emerson College in Boston, right. um, which is funny because I'm going back to Boston in September for a gig. And the students of Emerson, now you can major in comedy, which I don't know what I think of that. Wow. And they were like, do you want to come give a talk? And I said I would. We haven't put it on the books yet, but I fear I'm going to turn into the old lady who's like, listen, kids. <laughs> I, old I smoke during it for no reason. <laughs> you can't learn this. You go out there, you go to an open mic, you do what I did. You're born with it. We didn't have people coming in telling us what to do. But it's true. You know, you didn't. Um, but I went to college there. And your parents still together? Oh, yeah. Together, oh 81. Together, alive. I mean, together at this age is literally like a chemical codependency. You right. know what I mean? Yes, like or not even wrong. a codependency, like a dependency. Interdependency. Yes. Interdependency. Um, in, in, the, in the healthy ways and in the unhealthy ways. But they're still alive and um, seem to be getting better as they get older. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's a rare, like a... It's very strange. They're out and about. Benjamin Button's like behavior. They look incredible. They're losing weight. Wow. My mom just had a pacemaker put in last year. Nice. It made her lose all this weight. My dad uh, recovered from a really bad head injury three years ago. What happened? He fell on his face. Then he got dizzy from smoking and it was Ugh. really cold outside. Yeah. And he quit smoking after that. And they had This to, is a New England thing. It's yeah. Slip on the ice. They had to drain the blood from his head. Like his brain. Imagine if you were yelling at a dog and it was going into the corner like no, don't right. yell at That's, me his brain was going into the corner of his skull right it's called shift, shift. the brain is shifting when the question uh, how much it's very shift technical it's called shift uh, and well there can be a shift so you have a big thick thing in your in the middle of your skull and that yeah. shift can squish against oh. that thing that's and the ventricles happening. can shift too, and you can sh you can shift down and squish onto this other thing that's sitting on the it, bottom. The brain, of the brain was basically moving away yeah. from this pool of blood right. that was gathering. Well, it's being squished by the pool of blood. Actually. Ugh. Oh, is that what it is? It's squishing, yeah, it's squishing. and that's how it does it. But that was a subdural hematoma, not an epidural, I assume. Subdural yeah. hematoma. That's right. Because the epidurals are more devastating. So. And it was it was crazy. It was it was, uh, but he was fine. Anyway, so they're doing great. They go to the casino every weekend. They see concerts, and I'm talking concerts. Like, Did you ever been to that casino yourself? Yeah, I played there once. Uh, I've hung out with there before. Oh yeah, it's oh like they're God. like the Fantastic. mayors of it. Oh, when I go, they go every weekend, and they've seen like Marilyn Manson. Like that's what 
they're weird. They'll go to anything that you give them tickets to. My mother, because of the pacemakers, she just called me last week. She goes, Jennifer, I saw Joan Jett. I think that's the last concept for a while. My pacemaker goes great because it's booming. It's so loud. But she loves, um, you know, Ringo. So she goes to see the Hollywood vampires. You know that band yep. that Johnny Depp is in. Yep. And according to my mother, I don't know if you'll agree with this as a professional in many areas, uh, she says he's very repentant for what's happened. Uh, with his he, wife. Yeah, he sort of hangs his head when he plays the guitar, and I can tell he's saying, I'm <sighs> sorry. I go, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> I think that's hysterical that she's projecting all that She's on. really, yeah, my mom is like, as my mom gets older, she's like getting really into rock stars. I mean, she's always loved John Lennon, but she talks about him and Johnny Depp all the time. Is What's his name in that band? It's on the right? Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper, yeah. Well, let me ask you this about old people. Yeah. They all start to look like Alice Cooper, <laughs> strangely <laughs> enough. <laughs> what? They, my mom, now definitely not my dad. I think it is true that women maybe get more open-minded. Men get more closed-minded. Mm -hmm. It may be different as the generations get older. But for, for example, my mom was the classic, like Yoko Ono broke up the Beatles. I love John Lennon, blah, blah, blah. Maybe some internalized sexism. She watched this documentary about them on Netflix. The Beatles. On, uh, John and Yoko on Netflix. Oh, yeah, the thing, yeah. I mean, it was a little bit of a fluff piece yeah. for sure. It made them both seem like they never did anything wrong. Right. But she said, I was so wrong. She's wonderful. She taught him the peace and love stuff. And she just keeps changing. And we're having conversations about the way she raised me, how overly strict they were in a way that was not helpful. And she said, I feel like we, we stifled your life. And I'm so sad because we didn't have to be that way. Like to really go back and Did take stock. Never. That's like, weird. Again, and, and it's weird. This to, is not normal behavior. Okay. It's wonderful, but it's not normal. So let me ask you this. And this yeah. is, this might, I hope my mom's not listening because it might be sensitive. Okay. Oh, they <laughs> <But> love it. <laughs> They're laughing at your mom. I can <laughs> hear them laughing. I'm like, it might be sensitive. They're like, ah. <laughs> but she's never had therapy. Not only doesn't like it that much. Like doesn't like the concept. Like was, yeah. was sort of aversive itchy about me going to it for years because she thought it was me going right, you went a little excessive but anyway <laughs> <laughs> here's all my parents did all this stuff she thinks right. it's about them right right almost which, borderline a little narcissistic streak right but that generation did a lot of that which is like oh we're gonna get blamed for everything yeah it's like my my and my take is of course my kids are gonna blame me for everything mm -hmm. of course they're supposed to have all kinds of crazy shit that i did or not did not do it's just well, how it works i had a big talk with her two i think two thanksgivings ago and i said hey i gotta tell you the reason why some things in my life I'm still like learning about is because of the way you and dad were. Now, I know you didn't mean it. Which is what? They're fighting when I was little. Ah. Intense, intense, like traumatizing fighting. Was it like physically? No, it was just. Just intense emotional abuse. Yeah, so. and I didn't know. Would you when... have to run hide in a closet kind of thing as a kid? No, I was just like, it, I think they didn't even think I knew it was oh, going there's, on. That's where your codependency came from. So you tried to be a peacemaker in that? I, 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 I less I never understood where your codependency came from, but th that's how kids, because kids, yeah. all the kids, you go into survival mode when you're in the face of all yeah. that, you want it to stop. Yeah, and I so wanted you start, to. You start navigating their stuff as opposed to being in tune with your own. That's what I did. Yeah. And I think I had more of what Career they call. Career comedy. Of what they call adult child reaction to where I actually have became no. Became the adult, yeah. I have no attraction to trying to help and fix people. I'm more like, bye. Uh, mm. Well, I'm saying you like, and I have had some conversations. No, that's true. I mean, I had one uh, relationship. I begged to, I begged to do I it had for... that one relationship, but you know, like, I know how a long did that relationship people, go? 
like on and off for six years. Okay, well, except for that. But, but I, I do think a lot of people look for that. Like, in other words, if I have oh, a friend yeah, who's yeah, messy, no, no, no. I'm I, just like, ugh, no. bye. Yeah. I'm more prone to bail. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, long story well, short. Well, by the way, you've worked yeah. hard on that too, and so now you would be prone to bail. You'd see it and run. I guess it's a good point. It's yeah. all the work I did. Well, anyway, yeah. so I talked to my mom a couple of years ago, and she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. We, you know, we never stopped loving you during our problems. And I said, that's the thing, Mom, about being a kid is I know you love me, but it doesn't stop the fear of what's going on, and it does something to my wiring. Yeah. I forgive you guys, though, now, but I, it doesn't mean I didn't inherit some stuff from it that I'm working on, but with love, I, I think of you guys as victims of your parents. Yes. And she goes, oh, no, no, no. My mom had a hard life. Yeah, yeah. And I said, but she can't. She Now, her it, mom's it, long it, dead. That's where it all goes. Oh, yeah. no, their life was so hard. Of course she was the way that she was. And I think it's it like, would yeah. break my mother just because it would be a new experience to go... Yeah, I don't like the the way some of the things that went on in my house right. happened. I think it'd be too much for her. So I, well, she might be I into, don't but it'd be constantly. And well, of course, they did it this way. And of course, she was like that. Of course, and yeah. were they European? The the first the no the grandmother. Everyone was from America, but the generation before them. But it was French Canadian. Yeah. But I said to my mom anyway. So we had a great talk. Blah blah. But that was like the only time that I've said anything therapy ish, and mm. she was lovely about it. Then, now here's my question to you that I said might be sensitive. Okay. Are there, my mom is starting to, she always asks me the same questions over and over like moms uh, do. Well, I was going to say, there's a, there's a little bit of a childlike quality to what you're describing. And I okay, wonder. Okay, so this is my question. Frontotemporal dementia. That's right. So what I'm wondering is yeah. my mom. Or pick syndrome. Is very. Um, yeah. Is almost like a kindness. She was always kind to me. Yeah. But she's almost becoming. Let's hope it's just natural aging for her, not some underlying illness. Well, I be. thought is are there symptoms of dementia ever where someone almost I've seen dementia turn people mean and angry, but is for there sure. a kindness dementia where oh, you yeah. become really sympathetic and look well, over your childlike. Life? Childlike. They yeah. become very like like lovely little children, very agreeable to everything and that's smiling. what's happening to my parents on the slightest level where you Well, but go, some of that's just aging too. But but hard to know. We'll see how it develops, right? Well, I'm gonna say this. I think it's going to be that kind of dementia when they get it. Does she? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think it's just. Mom, like, I'm not wishing anything on you, but no. when you get it. So, so does she ever have any hallucinatory stuff? Any visual not that or she anything? tells me, okay. but she just, Keep an eye out for that. she forgets things. And then sometimes I go, I just told you. And I go, oh, I don't get annoyed because she's older. I go, sorry. But that sorry, can sorry. be, that can be normal. That can be normal. 81, that can be normal. Oh, true. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean like dementia right. per it se. It can be minimal cognitive change, we call that. But I've just noticed Which can this. be a precursor to dementia. She used to just think like people were talking about her a lot. Not, not overly Ooh. paranoid. Not overly paranoid, but she used to just, in other words, uh, like didn't like socializing in big family groups. Like they don't like me. Like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's a very Boston thing as mm -hmm. well as a whatever. She doesn't seem that paranoid about they things do for anymore. Uh, my dad was a groundskeeper of a golf course and my mm. mom didn't work and then became a secretary at a school for years now they don't work like a high school kind of thing or a middle school i i always found it bizarre that new england had golf courses really most of the year they're closed oh that's a good point it, to me it was just like how, how do you bring them back from that too I mean, to bring oh my them god back that's from the winter. so funny well if anyone could what do, did he do it, it was my winter? dad there's a really cute article that the boston globe did on him and he's golfing in the snow is it one of the, the courses that the schools used 
Because there was a lot of famous golf teams oh, in yeah, that area. No, so, I yeah. don't think they used ours, but he would yeah. say the only time a greenskeeper has to play his own course is in winter. Well, he also managed the golf club and there were events every uh, weekend. Uh, so uh, uh. he was in like, he did the So he was like stuff. executive manager of the whole thing. He, yeah, he sort of ran yeah. the, the club and the course. Yeah, yeah I get it. But um, yeah, you're right. I just realized that, that to me it was totally normal. I know. Because I'd never been anywhere where the climate's always warm. Yeah. Strange. Okay. Okay, anyway. Uh, and then you, um, depression, anything like that going on in your life? Well, interesting. You should ask. So mm -hmm. my whole life, depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. panic attacks, blah, blah. And that could all be the trauma from the parents. Could be sort of a PTSD-like thing. Could be. A little bit that. Could be. A little bit Cold War. Well, who did that to you? Well, my parents. Yeah. I mean, there was just a lot of honesty in our home. Yeah. The Russians are going to kill you. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're going to drop a nuke on us. I day. saw them be scared, right? So it was like... And then there was a, so all that, then it sort of morphed into a fear of flying, which I understand is not about the plane, mm. but I'd say my thirties, like late thirties. That kind of fear often coalesces with OCD, do you have any little OCD stuff? A tiny tataroo, yeah. and I'll tell you the kind of OCD I have. It's really minor, mm. but it's, uh, it shifts almost into more like, I got tested for ADD as an adult, and I showed a lot of. OCD off the charts for that, but it was the OCD things like well, you, I, you're, you have ADD also. Yeah. Huh. So I, I don't have the can't focus kind. I have, it's more like an, like, I don't know the difference in importance intellectually. I do, but emotionally huh. between Jen, you have the nuclear codes, press them or don't you have laundry in the basket. It's going to wrinkle overnight. <laughs> it's gonna, it sounds more like panic disorder. It's panic it, disorder. Uh, Maybe okay. that is because I've right. always had panic disorder, but yeah. I need to do like, okay, I will be five to 10 minutes late because I have to put everything away in my place. Yep. Exactly. Yep. That's um, OCD. That's OCD. Yeah. But it doesn't plague me. I'm not germophobic. Right, right. I mean, so anxiety and OCD kind of dovetail together. I've, I've got them both too. Yeah. For sure. And I think so lately, the last year or so, and again, it's like, I don't know because I haven't seen the world quite the way I'm looking at it since maybe I was a kid. Like when I first learned about climate change and now it seems really ever present and like, ooh, kind of fucked my anxiety's back, but it doesn't feel, and even I haven't had anxiety in so long yeah. that I forgot the definition. Oh. And I would go, no, 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 I don't have anxiety. I just have racing thoughts and I'm irritable <laughs> all the time and I can't stop obsessing over this decision I made. That's and, not anxiety. And then, I, yeah, and then I looked it up and I was like, oh, that's literally anxiety. Because yeah. people think it's like, oh, I'm nervous. Oh, no, no. And there, I, there's yeah. different kinds of, different flavors of anxiety. So I'm not medicated. I haven't yeah. been in years. But, but therapy, I, I've noticed for myself yeah. with a general anxiety, disorder, general anxiety disorder is that it's still around but doesn't bother me. So you wouldn't notice it as much. Yes. Yeah. It's part, and same it, in the it's ADD. A, like it's, it's almost like it's regulated or it's integrated with the whole now as opposed to being just anxiety. It's like. It's part yeah. of me. And you know yeah. what I do also is like, I like to take a, uh, you know, there's an, if you want, sometimes I like to look at this way. There's a little bit of an arrogance to having anxiety in the sense that if I'm indulging it. Yeah, yeah. It's a little narcissistic. Yeah. So I get up in the morning and I have a ritual that I used to do. And when I stopped doing it, I noticed my anxiety spike. Mm. Before I get out of bed, I have to like say affirmations that I've written. Not, it doesn't have to be woo-woo. Nothing, nothing at all OCD about this. Anyway, keep going. Well, let me say though. I lay in bed and I go, I, I'm good enough. I'm not, strong enough. Oh, like, <laughs> and gosh I'm, darn it, people like me. I'm supposed to have a big, beautiful life and this project I'm working on is for the greater good and whatever happens. You know, I just say things and bless everyone I'm going to meet today in a white light and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'll read some like 
either like therapeutic or spiritual, whatever kind of like readings, and then I do meditation. Now, when I, because I've been working from home a lot and writing, I'll, my urge is get up, uh, get, check email, make a pot of coffee, start working. Yeah. No time for that stuff. Yeah. I am very busy and a writer and no. And I want to feel all I want. I just want to feel normal. Other people don't have to do this. No. And I won't do it. And then, you know, maybe at 3 p.m. I'll like maybe do a little bit of a check-in with myself or a meditation. And it doesn't work. Yeah. There's something about going, do it before you do anything else. Some about morning. Some, something about making your bed and these taking care of business in the morning. But that, I also think it's something about doing it against your will in the sense yeah. that it's like, hey, you don't know yeah. what's bad. Almost like the yeah. way you would treat an addict. Like yeah. you don't on celebrity rehab go or any rehab go. Guys, get out of bed when you want. No, yeah. It, it's like, listen, yeah. you little fucks. Yeah. And that's how I have to talk to my anxiety. Listen, you little fuck. Yeah. I'm going to do this this morning. And then it, it just gets so quiet so yeah, quick. Yeah, smart. Very smart. How did comedy get into your life? Well, you know, I heard an interesting interview with Dana Carvey, and I was like, he finally fucking nailed it in terms I can put it. I always watched comedy growing up. The what, way that... What kind? Eh, the Muppet Show, Carol Burnett. With your sitcoms, parents. With, without... Yeah. Everybody. Did you laugh with it? Did you study it? You just liked yeah, it? Yeah, I just laughed. I just okay. thought it was great. Okay. But it was fantasy. It was like, can I go in the TV? Yeah. Can I go inside there? Yeah. And I wrote a letter to Gary David Goldberg, the executive producer of Family Ties, when I was eight. And I said, my parents don't mind if you just like adopt me. I want to be on the show. <laughs> you know, whatever. How old were you? Eight. Uh, Here's my name. So I do think because of the craziness oh in my, my household. What's his name? Gary David Goldberg. Gary David Goldberg, if you have any any recollection of said letter coming in, if this He's dead. It, oh. Anybody related to what's his name? <laughs> Gary David Goldberg? Yeah. Uh please find that letter. Please, I'm begging you. It's gotta I, I you would oh, I hope know. he'd file it away somewhere. You know, my I used to talk about this on stage. I sent it to the prices right. Same same letter? Yeah, because I didn't know the address for family ties. <laughs> So, but you watch a Price is Right, they're like, P.O. Box, blah, 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 Hollywood, CV. Oh, my God. So I just thought, it's Hollywood. Is that where it went? That's where it went. Oh, so anyway, Drew Carey. Drew. No, it wouldn't have been Drew Carey, Bob Barker. Bob Barker. Yeah, or anybody. Oh, my God. So I think it was part of me was like, look, f fantasy was a big thing right away. Like, daydreaming. Well, I, I often thought have thought that's one of the appeals of musicals. It's a, it's a world that people can oh, pretend yeah. they can go into and be yeah. everything's everybody knows how to dance, everybody knows how to sing. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's what's working on our psyche the same way. Yeah. And so this doesn't surprise me. The, the hard part is, what's it like when you get here? Well, it's funny because when I saw stand-up on TV, it was like, that didn't even daunt, like, didn't even register. Mm. I liked the acting and the dancing, and ah. I took dance since I was four. Mm. My mom said I looked at her and said, I'm going to do that. And she enrolled me in dance. I was like, go do it. You know, they always encouraged me. But Dana Carvey, what he said was, in his household, was like, I'm... Grateful, mine harsh. wasn't like this, harsh. Yeah. He said, I made the funny voices and did the impressions, not just to make people laugh, but to soothe himself. Mm. And I know I had anxiety as a kid from the world. And I would try to be funny to make myself laugh. W was it to keep the peace in the household or just to regulate yourself? It was to were regulate, you, were, yeah. Were you regulating the whole household or just regulating your health? Just so regulating me because I would do it for friends okay, or watch comedy for whatever. But then as I got older, it like manifested more into depression. So I got into like serious drama and all this. Uh -uh. But the urge to be funny is not that I want people to go, oh, you're funny or laugh. I mean, that's the goal because that's the math of it. 
but it doesn't compliment me necessarily. In other words, it's not like I made the family laugh. It's you like didn't, didn't your your reward system didn't go off when you first got that first huge laugh? Nah. Yeah. It was I have to say this. I have to say this. Well, a lot of your stuff is about being a woman, right? Oftentimes. Oftentimes, yeah. if it comes up. And, and is that just because <laughs> which it, it tends to? Is that just because it's important in your life generally, or you think it's important things to say politically, or it, did it come from your mom? No. Okay. Didn't come from my mom. Yeah. No, it just comes from what's going on in my life. Yeah. And uh. It's, so it comes and goes. Sometimes yeah. it's not in there. Sometimes it is in there. What's going on now, your comedy? Very nostalgic. We're doing, we, we. I call this, <laughs> that's psycho. How many people are in the ass? <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a, uh, I'm doing a lot of nostalgic for, because I, I, I've been talking, I have a lot of younger fans and through getting to talk to them, they had never heard of Generation X, which is me. So, so hold on. Yeah. So the millennials? They're millennials and Gen Z. female generally? No, nope, everyone. Oh, so they're they're younger than millennials. The millennials and the Gen Z. Well, good and if for you. you read, nobody gets nobody can figure out how to talk to that group. Well, if you if you watch any news thing or see any articles, it's always like the boomers, the millennials. I'm like, yeah. what about Gen X? Yeah, yeah. And, and they're a little bit of the forgotten Gen. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's fun to talk about us. So I've had young people say, you you know, you're the reason we have climate change. And I go, oh, oh, I have oh. a great book for you. What is it? Uh, it's it's. I just started reading it. I, I can't remember. It's like why everything is screwed or something. It's a Gen X are writing about feminism. Uh, oh. And, and she's a her name last name was like Maud or something. Help me, uh, guys in the back. Um, <laughs> uh, last name is like that, and she's a, she's like a New York Times writer. And I started reading it yeah. just because she sent it to me. And I think you might, might find this interesting. I just, it's going to be, it's going to be, I'll try to get it for you. Oh, I would love to, and to read very, it. And very, yeah. it very much will be your experience of being cast aside by the various generations. Well, I'm talking. Not, not having anything meaningful to say to the millennials, essentially. That they don't, they don't see you as having anything meaningful to say to them. Well, what I tell them is that we were you before you. And I said, we had student debt. And I said, we had, um, so I, but I make jokes. I say. It's not out yet, but book. But how about right, uh, Gen X millennials. No, no, just mod Gen X book. Forget, forget millennials. Leave millennials off. They can't book. help it. Are they millennials typing book. this? Like, what do you yes. mean? I have to type. <laughs> no, oh, nanny mod? No. no. Go scroll up. Eh. I think I know Gen X is a mess. No. no. Oh, well, so I give it out. Well, I'm it. talking a lot about it's like, like... It's like why everything is screwed. Something like that. Is it, what's wrong with everything? Like what's wrong oh, with everything? Oh, I love everything? that. I think That's like, so Gen X too. Maybe what's wrong with everything? I think Generation Xers have a certain Buddhism too that other generations don't. Like what I always try to tell the millennials is what you guys have is, is a hysteria that oh, we didn't. Ooh, that be a, that maybe that's what's it. wrong with damn near everything? Maybe that's it. Let's see. Renault, not. <laughs> oh Wrong. God! It's like some. It's old all right. We'll comic. get we'll get it's, back it's, to it. Looks um, like some white supremacist. I told you. Yeah, what's wrong with everything? They, oh people are too sensitive when you call them. So, so go ahead. Then, so, um, so. The, I feel like Gen Xers have a Buddhism. In other words, I never thought I could save the world. I just thought it was the right thing to do to recycle or whatever yeah. I did. And I think these these kids today, they're, and God bless them, they're good people, but they're like, we're going to do it. We're the only ones who've ever done it. We've got to do it. And I'm like, eh, you try. If yeah. you fail, yeah. you die anyway. Yeah, you know? yeah. And these, so, these guys are much more self-preoccupied with it. So I tell them, I tell them how good it was when smoking was allowed indoors. <laughs> I joke about cars having ashtrays. And I talk about, <laughs> you know you're getting older when certain objects you use, young people don't know what you're saying. Oh my God. They don't know what, they know what Johnny Carson is. Well, I, didn't, I met a girl who didn't know what matches. She, didn't, she oh. knew what matches were, but she'd never seen a matchbook. Wow. But my take is they're not wrong and I'm not wrong. It's just different. Like, why should she know what matches are? They used to be everywhere because we used yeah, to smoke. Yeah. So I do a whole bit about 
smoking and matches and Gen X. And then I do a bit about Catholics versus Christians, which is super fun. And it's about growing up Catholic and how getting to travel the country and seeing Christians and how Catholics are just so different. Like my joke is they're atheists who are like, just in case, and Christians really believe Jesus loves them. And my family, if I was like, Jesus loves me, my mother would be like, I would not get too cocky. (laughs) Like it's so, and I do a lot about my mother coming into her own as a formerly very religious woman. Can can I, do you mind me observing that I see you as happier than I've ever known you to be maybe? Like where something's good going on? Oh yeah, and truly nothing good is happening externally. But but nothing terrible is happening. But you seem super content. I'm content, very scared about finances and jobs, mm-hmm. not in a relationship, but not unhappy, like mm-hmm. not unavailable, like we'll go on dates sometimes, just don't have time. So, uh, uh, but yeah, very Jen content. Jen will be on Raya, you can find her there. Oh, no, 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 do you know what's oh, funny? No. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I, don't, I don't do the online dating thing, it doesn't work for me, because I don't like to objectify men, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, keep going. <laughs> well, I say, I say, I don't mean it like, oh, like I can't look at a guy and say he's cute. It, yeah. For me, it I just it's not my generation. Yeah, yeah. And I believe that there are people for me out there, and I believe that uh, I don't have to be scared into it. And I have done online things, and I never even met someone on it. I didn't like it. I don't like to look at a guy who's putting his best foot forward okay. based on what he thinks okay. society. Yeah, yeah. Good. It's always yeah. like a guy holding a fish. I'm like, <laughs> I bet you're more interesting than that, but I'm never going to give you a chance. Yeah. You know. I get it. And so I've met people through friends, like gone on dates. Uh, I think right now, and I know you and I have talked about this before, I'm just in a little bit of a pocket of a moment in my life where you have to blow my mind and have a ton to offer Good for me to be able to take my focus away from, I'm not a workaholic to avoid things. I'm trying to set up my future so I don't have to worry and so I can work less. But I got to go hard You right also now. have a huge creative impulse too, I think. Oh, man. Yeah. No, no. no. <laughs> you don't? Does that make sense? When I was 20... And, and if you said... Uh, that, that is stunning to me if well, that's not true. It's, it's, le- it's, it's less interesting to me. Cool. In other being words... Being creative. Yeah, because I feel as though I'm a cow being like milked on every... Like I haven't had a moment off in years yeah. except this year where the moments off were terrifying. So I had to use them to get things going, like come up with show ideas to yeah, pitch. Yeah. And I would love to just have one job, I think and have a lot more free time because as I'm getting older, I have more interests. When I was mm. 20, it never dawned on me. I wouldn't be as obsessed with comedy as, as I, you what, know. What other interests? I love traveling. Okay. I love history. I love, I love just be, being, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's spirituality, psychology. I, I don't care that much. I, I don't have enough um, thoughts in my head. I don't care to make what I'm thinking into a joke. Like my mind is changing. My soul is changing. You're, you're healthy. Sorry. That's why you're stepping out of comedy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but but here's the thing. What do you do? What do you do when I you still, don't have any other skills? What am I, I going to do? TED think, Talks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I still think you're creativity has always been super impressive to me. And I, I think you have more of it than you realize. Can I tell you one thing? I know yeah. we have to do a segment. Yeah. This is a perfect example. So I quit Mrs. Maisel, and then I went into a little bit of a panic a couple months after I did, because I was like, oh, I forgot that like part of having a job is you make money. Right. And I had plenty of money saved. That's a millennial thing. Yeah. Well done. But then when you- <laughs> You do have something to offer millennials. <laughs> but then when you start living on your savings, it's actually terrifying. Yeah. 
Um, so I was doing that and I was, pu- I had a, a show, a TV show idea. Usually every year I sell a script to a network. It usually doesn't get made, but I get paid mm-hmm. good money to write the script. So I was, oh, I'm going to pitch this summer, blah, blah, Had this idea. I'm forcing it. It's just not clicking. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. And I said, I know there's a show in me that is not coming out. I'm not letting it come out. And my two sisters divorced in their fifties. They moved in together. They're, both of them are not jazzed about it. Or the only two sisters you have? You mm-hmm. have two. Yeah. And my biggest fear in life is that if everything goes wrong, I have to move in with them. Oh, the three of you. And, you know, my sister. There's your sitcom. Well, meanwhile, my sister is like, yeah, it wouldn't be my dream either. So long story short, I'm the only. Seriously, that's your sitcom. I know, I'm telling you. (laughs) So I'm the only one in therapy in the family. And I'm always like, you know. uh, Oh, and I'll be the therapist. And they'll say. And I'll be the therapist who lives upstairs. (laughs) So they're always like saying stuff to me. And I'm like, guys. We'll call it Three's Company. <laughs> Three's Company with a therapist. I'm like, guys, here's what you need to do. And then they never take my advice. So long story short, long story short, yeah. my oldest sister is a beautiful singer but hasn't sung in years, mm. lost her self-confidence. Mm. And she was asking me about it when I was visiting over Christmas. And I'm giving her all this analytical, you have to go back into your childhood and you have to do this. And she was just like tuning me out. So I oh, forget it, you know. Anyway, my other sister calls me and goes, I'm at an open mic. Linda is on stage singing Landslide. And the crowd is going crazy. Wow. And I said, how, did she take my advice? How did she get on stage? And Gail goes, no, she took my advice. I go, what'd you tell her? She goes, get up there. <laughs> yeah, she goes, I, you don't get self-esteem from thinking about it. You do a thing that scares you and it feels less scary each time. And then you build self-esteem. I go, how do you know about that? You're not even in therapy. She goes, you're not the only one who knows things. And I felt it like if there isn't a God, then whatever this is, is, is what the soul is about. This voice went, drop your idea. This is it. This is this it. Is your, this, that, that's your sitcom. And this is the opening scene. I call my manager. We fired the people yeah. we were working with. And I'm pitching it now in the I next I seriously want to be in this thing. It's I, a multicam I, I about three sisters. I seriously want to be the, the neighbor. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You think I'm kidding? I'm There's not no kidding. neighbor yet. We'll, we'll, I'm, I'm, we'll figure it out if, if I, we sell it. I, I, it's just, it'd be too but funny to have somebody But it's not based on me. Like, I'm door. not in it. Okay. It's it's just about three sisters. I'll be the, who, I'll be the wacky divorce guy next door. It has some a psychiatrist who, who's interested in the sisters but sees the craziness. And, so. But I think everyone listen to your soul. Don't just force things out because you need money. That's the worst way to go. Great advice. All right. Great anyway, advice. so we've established that Jen is too healthy for this show. And anyway, <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> so, not. The, so what what <laughs> you can help me with is if anyone's listening, call one eight hundred Jen and tell me what I should do for a living. All right. It's on a phone number. No, No, but I do need, I need like someone hire me. And now let's get back to the show. And you had a question about encephalitis. You told me before. before Oh, I didn't have a question. I was just saying, you mentioned the word encephalitis. And I said, oh, I haven't heard that since the 80s. We're going to have a bad summer with encephalitis. Oh, really? It's back? Uh, The the equine virus is around, the St. Louis virus. It's a lot of stuff. A friend of mine got it. She had a spontaneous seizure and then was confused for a couple of days. Because in the 80s, encephalitis, my mother was like, the mosquitoes would give you that. And then now I feel like it's Zika. But we didn't used to have mosquitoes. Zika, but Chikamyunga is coming around. A bunch of tropical stuff is moving up towards us. Because we didn't used to have mosquitoes in LA, right? You you know, you didn't have a new new variety has showed up that carries more serious (sighs) illness. And we always have had mosquitoes, but they've been a lot of vector control the populations were around now our vector control efforts are really kind of weak uh, though they're there and we do nothing with the rodents and so fleas are going all over ah! and that's typhus and plague and so prepare yourself now i have citronella candles that i put on my deck will we that, that help too. it helps with the mosquitoes not, not with, with not the with plague them. you got you have animals no okay but do you think that that's where climate change is going to kill us is no. the superbugs, uh not the tsunamis it's a really interesting idea um interesting <laughs> um no uh i'm gonna bet not 
I'm going to bet not. But, okay. but I, I'm very frustrated with the climate folks because I feel like if we're going to get serious about climate change, we have to get as serious about conservation and green as we do about figuring out technology to pull CO2 out of the environment. And if you're not doing both, you're disingenuous. Absolutely. You're, you're not really interested in solving the problem. We should be planting more trees that yeah. takes the CO2 out. We should be creating more technologies to pull CO2. I talked to um, Neil deGrasse, deGrasse Tyson, yeah. the cosmologist, and he said, oh, this is a simple problem. We'll solve it. We've had much more difficult things to solve. And I was like, yes, of course we will, but we have to do it and not just worry about reducing our emissions. You have to worry about pulling the stuff out. Well, you know, I remember when I was a kid, we it was called deforestation before it was called global oh, warming. I was, I was a uh, ecologist in New England during the 70s. Because, oh my God. because in New England, you had acid rain. Do you remember that? Yes, I was obsessed with it as a I kid. I was too. And you had algae blooms in your lakes and rivers. Do you remember that? I never saw and a lake so, growing so up. So I was very involved with the end of the world in 1977. Oh my God, we could have been friends. I was right. six. It would have been weird. And so but... because when my daughter tells me now the world is ending, I just go, I, I, I was the one. I, I was you. Yeah, I honey. That. I came home to my parents and went, it, it's, it, dig a hole in the backyard. It's coming. And we have max 20 years of oil. We have no plan to deal with it. And all the oil is going to do the following, including the acid rain and the deforestation. And I was just completely crazed with it. Yes. And then we developed, and, oh, and the famine was coming. That was my other thing. Is it going to be a huge famine and there's no way yeah. to avoid it. Then we avoided it with GMOs and then we did all these other things and we we overcome all this stuff with technologies. I hope we do. I mean, the ozone layer kind of repaired itself uh -oh. too. Uh-oh. Didn't it? They're, Didn't? they're getting frustrated with us. Oh, sorry. So they're going to play a video. No, I'm not, we're not getting frustrated. Just, you know, this seems like a really natural segue transition. Oh, I'm afraid uh, what they're going to make me watch. Well, we're going to get, this comes out of your mom's plague house. and disease. Okay. Um, so I before we show uh, that clip to Jen. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, I want to break her in uh, with something a little lighter. Sure. I don't think, Drew, have you seen the video of uh, Tom's mom farting? No. Oh. Great. So sounds... I would like you to watch it and tell me if this is a normal, healthy fart. Mm. She didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she did it for them. You're not my son anymore. What did she say? You're not my son anymore? Yeah, we have merch now. With that. Oh, it's the best thing I've ever seen. In my now life. I think it's a healthy fart because uh, it sounds like when you. Uh, well, it reminds me of uh, when Peter Griffin got up in an audience, and got embarrassed, and let out this gigantic fart that ended a little high pitched squeal at the end. Oh, I didn't see it. And uh, it was one of the first seasons of Family Guy. And uh, uh, hats off. To, to it sounds like she has a lot of room in the in the bowels. In the rectum, yeah. She's been storing up for quite a while, but had nice nice. Um, what do they call it when horn players uh, percostoma? What do they? What do they call it? I know it? what you're saying. What do they call it with the, the lips when they're able to purse the lips? Like you couldn't hold your breath that long. No, it was it. What is the word for that when you when the 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 uh, embouchure, a beautiful embouchure on oh. her asshole, beautiful embouchure. I well, say. she definitely has an embouchure. You could see that by the smile she has on her face before she realizes that she's been oh, recording. Now, is so that healthy or can you? Or is yeah, that's a, a very thing? long fart. And uh, very well done. I just have hats off to her. Full respect, man. Uh, I, you might want to add a little non-absorbable bulk to your diet, perhaps. I'm, I'm just saying, uh, the bacteria that are growing, that are producing all that gas, um, sometimes they're not so healthy for us. So there's also a diet called FODMAP, F-O-D-M-A-P, that might oh. help with some of that a little bit. Uh, otherwise, uh, just full respect. How do I lose and 10 pounds in four weeks? <laughs> 
I'm uh, turning 45, and I, I need to be in a certain way, or else I, everything a, is I'm terrible. I'm a big believer in cutting out carbohydrates. What if I'm already doing that, and it's just cut completely? I mean, mostly. I don't like eat bread. Fastidiously and... take it all out, and then and then like dial, no no veggies. Like, even? like for a while, veggies are okay, but no real carb, no fruit, anything carbohydrate. Take it out, and then dial the carb, dial the calories down like 15 or 20 percent. I, I like 900 a day and no carbs is when I'm on on this diet I'm on. Uh, that's a lot. I mean, that's, no, no, I mean, that's, all, that's doing a lot. Yeah. So ex exercise a little more. I do Pilates every day. Can you do a little more aerobic stuff? Yeah, I guess so. I just think it's over. I think at a certain age, you can't If you can get weight. down to 800, you will lose weight. 800 pounds? 800 calories. Uh. <laughs> all right. So but, I think we've wet the palate. All now. right. Here we go. We have primed gin. Yep. So uh, this they showed me when I was on your mom's house. I'm afraid. Uh -huh. Yeah, so so Drew has has determined that that was a, a nice and healthy fart. Nothing. A little, little bit of that. irritable bowel, perhaps. I may, may have a couple of recommendations for that. But now we have something oh, super oh, interesting, what? and that is this guy swimming around in a septic tank. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute! Stop. <laughs> Are you gagging too, or are you just laughing? I'm just ashamed. I'm just ashamed. <laughs> I'm ashamed I have to cover my face. Oh my god, I... Oh. 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 I can't even listen. Am I gonna get... Stop it, stop it. Spare you, thank you. I knew that would happen. Oh. I have a really sensitive... Um... I'm so glad we got through without you actually vomiting. Bip, bip, bip. Remo there you go. Good. Thank you. That was really close. Ooh, deep breath. Well done. Are you feeling okay, Jen? You guys should have just said it was mud. It was mud. Sink mud. Mud, mud. Yeah, mud. yeah. It was mud. Can we put it back on? There's no. a there's a there's a part of it that <laughs> is particularly heinous. Why is he in there to make a video for the internet? For the fetish types. That's a sexual thing. I I never under underestimate how fucked up men can get. It, we just go sideways with our sexuality but, but, sometimes. But, but, but is he even masturbating in the poop? Uh, he is not, but... Ta t lighting a nice candle, having dinner with it? That's not a man thing. The like candles, women so. women marry it's, chandeliers. Men are like, I'm just going to roll, roll it in poop. I thought he was maybe fixing something. He Oh, no. He has a leather suit on. Like a leather Oh, okay. I respect suit. that. Well, you didn't yeah. mention that. Well, you can see it. But he does something. There's a particularly disgusting moment in it that we spared you. Don't even. Tell we don't me. have to. Hold I'm on. I have the gag. clip lined up. If you want me to pull it up, you Drew. know which part I'm talking about. The part that made almost. Well, there's, made, mul there's multiple. I parts. can't watch it because I'm still almost about to. Throw almost up. made the dog throw up. Uh uh. Can't watch. Well, it. Okay, in in brushing. working with keep Tom for four years, this is the closest I've ever come to throwing up while prepping. Keep, something. keep, keep your eyes shut. You can tell me I'll what's tell happening. Oh no, I can't because just telling you'll make you vomit. Yeah. Is he pooping? What do you do? No, tell me. I want to know. Drinking it. Yeah, Drew. Can you describe this to Jen? I want to hear it. Just describe what he is. He's in a cesspool, right? Yeah. And in said cesspool is, is all the material coming down from the bathrooms, right? Yeah. Including huge clumps of hair. <laughs> I love that that's grossing you out. Well, the hair in the poop, he's rubbing it all over himself. That's fine. Oh, Jen. Oh. You confuse me. I know. Well, because I've already seen the worst. You've, you've made the mud, in, the shit into mud, I guess. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. You know, that guy's going to survive the apocalypse because nothing freaks him out. It's his own shit. Oh, nothing freaks him out. That's true. I thought you were going to say he's, he's like been exposed to the sewage. Therefore, he's resistant to bacteria. Oh, I stuff. see. That, that could be. That's his own stuff. He's probably swimming in, I'm imagining. That's even grosser. 
it could it be grosser? No, it can't. Is, be. is there anything you would say about it that can make it grosser? It's just, I, it just, <sighs> I, I spend a lot of my time on this project, on this show, with my hands over my face because these people make me feel so ashamed of myself being a part of this. You should. I mean, I'm, yeah, it's like a sh it's shameful to be it's, human. It's a shit show. Literally. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some questions. Oh, remind is me it, to ask you after the show. I do have a health question. It's not a big you, one. You want to ask it now? Can scar tissue come back? If you irritate it, if you if you sort of stimulate it. In other words, I I had an abnormal uh, like breast result this year. I get an ultrasound every year because I had surgery twenty years ago, like to remove a thing. Yeah. And uh, the last sometimes it's very sore, and mm -hmm. the mammogram and the sure. ultrasound, and they'll go, oh, that's just scar tissue. Yeah. We do MRIs. We do yeah, the whole yeah. thing. Sure. The last couple of years, I don't remember it being sore. It hasn't shown up, and then this year it's back. Oh yeah, that can happen. And that okay. And yeah. I asked my and you know what happened when I asked my doctor. Yeah. I said, I asked just what I asked you. I said, can, so can it come back? And she looks at me dead in the eye, does not register that I asked her anything. She goes, so when you're on tour, like, do you book your own hotels? And I go, what? I go, no, I have one minute with you and I'm trying uh, to ask you about- And I'm worried about breast cancer. Yeah, I was like, everyone just like, and she goes, I just think it's so great you get up there. Where, where are you going next? I go, I'm, I'm serious. You have to stop talking to me about comedy. So she never answered. What, when was your last MRI? A year ago. You're fine. Yeah. Are you going to get another one this year? They said they're not doing them as much anymore. Right. I'm getting a new... Do you know why they're not doing them? No. Because it? it was over-diagnosing. It was creating a lot of surgeries and stuff that were unnecessary. Oh. So. I, I just am getting another ultrasound in three months. Perfect. Anyway. All right. Fine. Good. You're going to be fine. A uh, question about whether or not words can be physically hurt, can physically hurt a person. I don't just mean offend or appalled, but uh, something said something, but medically, to me, it seemed like they chose to allow it to offend them. So somebody being medically affected. All right. Over the last couple of years, I've been more self-aware. I've noticed I have a hard time forming deep feelings or connection with people or things. Mm, psychopathy. I attribute this to having a father who didn't want to be in our lives and passed away when I was nine, a mother who's been an alcoholic. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, with that being said, my own opinion is I have a hard time believing that words actually hurt feelings because I don't feel anything when people say or do anything that would normally hurt people. Okay, so I would argue that there's one of two explanations for this person. They are emotionally disconnected, mm -hmm. which is very, very common, particularly with the alcoholic mom and the dad that left. That makes sense. When you're young and you don't get what you need to manage emotions, you pull away from them and you disconnect from your primary emotional states. And you can uh, have trouble identifying them in other people as well. And you're, you, she's used to chaos and meanness, so... Mm, it, so it doesn't register. It doesn't register, right? Or, the same thing. or you're a psychopath, which is you can be born with a genetic thing that uh, <laughs> makes it impossible <laughs> or, for you to you see know. feelings. And I, I would... And 1% of the population has psychopathy. So you always have to put it in there. I mean, that's millions of people. God, you make it sound like it's everybody almost. It's 1%. It, which doesn't sound I like a lot. Do you think there's a correlation between the famous 1% and people, the 1% of the population that's psychopathy? Huh? Like with <laughs> the 1% of the people that have all the world's wealth and resources, oh, are they the psychopaths uh, too? I think there's an over-representation yeah. amongst people that are like, you know, rapacious in business and stuff. Yeah. But uh, not exclusive. They don't own the, the landscape. Got it. Yeah. Uh, my wife is jokingly brought up pegging me for months now. You know what that is? Oh, sure. Good for you. Uh, yesterday, she asked if she could... Uh, I mean, I've never done it. I just know what it is. Okay. She asked if she could F me in the A while I wear a pink squirrel costume. He's just trying to be funny. That's correct. Wait, wait. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't for the squirrel costume, I could take the question seriously. Exactly. And what, I tell you what the tell is. Pink squirrel. Yep. If All you right. just said squirrel, I would be like, all right, but pink squirrel. Well, what if, what if the squirrel costume isn't involved? Uh, if uh, the, the question uh, that follows on okay. is if a man has an orgasm from prostate stimulation, does that make me slightly gay? The answer is no. That makes you a male. Uh, also, that question is a joke. 
Boy, but uh, you listen to Stern pretty regularly now, yes? Mm -hmm. A lot of pegging in, in with Ronnie these days. I know. A lot of I always about turn when it's too much sex stuff like that. Yeah, it I just turns my wife off too. She's like, it's like... Like, because it's it's not it's the other parts of the show are so good how we're talking about his parents and, and yeah yeah I just want to hear that but it's it's usually now left to Ronnie where all that or something that Wolfie's doing offside I'd love you to psychoanalyze Ronnie's sexual issues well one thing I know for sure I mean he had a highly traumatic experience that he's minimizing and and probably a highly traumatic family system right he found his father having an affair looking under the door, watching it, and then masturbating to it while he watched his dad have an affair. Oh. In his mind, that went down as, oh, my mom and dad were having a threesome. And somebody asked the right question. How many feet did you see? Four. It was the dad having an affair with the neighbor, but his little brain couldn't handle that. So he went, oh, mom's there too. Right, even he turned he, it into Even though he didn't hear the mom, board. he didn't see the mom, he saw the neighbor and the dad, and then was so aroused by it, which already... That part meant something else was going on. Yeah, to so, sexualize your parents that way. Yes, yes. There was always bad boundaries going on already. So, hey, man, whatever you're into. Good for Ronnie. <laughs> uh, I think I might have a problem. Uh, my problem, you might be able to help. Uh, I can't explain, but whenever I read here about a picture, video of someone dead or being brutally killed, I can't stop myself from aggressively searching the internet when I hear about it. Recently, a girl was murdered, right? Uh -huh. We heard the story. When Christina, Tom, and YMH were watching the video of the guy cutting down a tree and his head getting knocked off, What? Oh, oh yeah, that was uh, that was a thing we did. Uh, you should be ashamed of yourself. Well, we didn't know that his head knocked off until we further dissected. He was the video. cutting a tree with a chainsaw, and he accidentally decapitated himself. Well, so the so the uh -huh. branch the branch like flew got around. Cut, got, yeah, it, it got catapulted into his face. Oh boy! And, and, and Tom just thought it was funny because like ah, he got hurt, but then we saw the aftermath, and uh, he didn't die, but he is very severely injured. He didn't die. How does your head fall off and you don't die? I mean, I I'll show you the video. Nope, right nope, nope, nope. Just okay. find the explanation. I uh, don't get a lot of sleep. I'm often very depressed, but I covered that extremely well. Any thoughts on why I'm doing this? Um, is this is the equivalent of scratching and, uh, and picking at a wound? Yeah, it's the equivalent of that. Is it uh, to feel something? Uh, it's it's off. It's kind of like cutting, also. Yeah. And people, let's just take cutting as the paradigm. Uh, people cut as a way of um, releasing endorphins. Right. They cut out of desperation because they just want to they want to aggressively discharge. They're feeling kind of aggressive in their depression. They're feeling dissociated and want to feel back in their body. Oh. Or. They want to dissociate from their body. Right. People use it differently in different circumstances. Oof. So it's hard to say exactly what. Do you notice uh, that he said, but I cover it well? It's like, you, well, you don't need to cover it. That's kind of a dissociative thing, covering yourself. <sighs> Let's get a voice message in here. Let's get a real person. Enough of all this nonsense. Hey, Dr. Drew. Uh, my name's Alex. I'm from Toronto. Big fan of the show, man. I've been suffering from major acid reflux for the past couple of years. What did he say? And I've got a gastroscope, I've got blood tests, I've checked for as much as I think I can. Everything comes up negative with no problems. And I'm taking a daily pill, Rabdurprezzle, and that seems to help. But when I don't take it, it's pretty uh, brutal acid reflux. I thought it was maybe alcohol or something like that. I stopped drinking for a month and I still get it pretty bad. So. I, have the answer. I don't know what it is. Maybe you have some input. Doctors can't seem to figure it out. All right. So, anyway, keep yep. them high in sight. High in tight, man. Thanks. Uh, just something we say. Uh, I know. So, so <laughs> I had this. I do too. For years. Go ahead. 
Well, first of all, drinking for a month, quitting is great, great. but it took you years to get this, so you're not going to see results if you quit drinking for a month. Correct. You just have to quit drinking Correct. for a long, long time. Yes. I only would enjoy the occasional glass of wine. I still had to quit drinking completely for a year when I had this. Yes. Um, I went to a great doctor in New York who wrote a book about it, um, and you have to go on a special diet, and I stopped eating after six. Yeah. It turns out diet is a major, major it's piece like of this. It's like the only thing. It's not the only thing. It's a oh. major piece of it. Listen, now, I said, don't listen to this doctor. But but in, in, but by the way, he's he's in the the uh, the utopia of the Canadian healthcare system. In this country, you would have had an upper endoscopy to see what structurally. And going I had on. one. Right. Then there, they won't let you get that because it's too expensive. Well, I had uh, one, and they were like, "We don't see much, so you're fine. It must be in your head." No, no. And I'm like, oh, so that's just it. to make sure it's not something like a chalasia or, or high hernia and all these kinds of things. So you need to have some workup to make sure there's not something else going on in addition to the reflux. Right. The eripiprazole or whatever you're using, what's called proton pump inhibitor. That's mm -hmm. great. Uh, you can't take those forever uh do stay on that you got to keep the head of your bed elevated at night yep. you have to go on the special diet with includes no spicy foods no mustards no carbonated beverages that's completely right completely eliminate carbonated by the ascorbic acid in there is no good uh alcohol uh, to, uh, uh coffee in addition to alcohol did you keep drinking coffee well my doctor was like look if you have to have something I, yeah coffee's the one and i go low acidic but uh, I'm fine now, but when I had it. And then, uh, like, for me, I was like, God, I eat more red sauce and salsa than I ever thought. And I don't yeah. even like spicy and all food. That's but... gotta go. yeah. All that's got to go. All that's got to go. So there is, and again, that FODMAP diet I mentioned a while ago mm -hmm. is sort of in that same kind of zone. You can just follow that. It's just easy enough. Uh, my partner has been eating, sleep eating for a couple of years. It's only gotten worse. You know, you can anything you can do asleep, uh, awake, you can do asleep. I don't like that. Anything. I don't like Have that. you ever done anything weird sleeping? Not that I know of, but I don't right. know I'm asleep. But I mean, my you biggest woken up fear. With a tree in your refrigerator or anything. No, but my biggest fear, this is more my OCD. I go, what if I wake up? What if I sleepwalk and just kill someone ah, and then go back to bed? That is OCD for full it's, on. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Oh, good. Only if you were able to kill somebody in your awake state, which. Uh, oh, good point. Okay. But I'm afraid I'm going to snap someday and go, what not, if I did? Uh, That's why I don't watch anymore. anything a, murder. Not anymore. Okay. I started out as drunk or stone munchies after we've got to bed, but over the years progressed to unhealthy behavior. He will eat any snack, chips, blah, blah, blah. So um, we joked about hiding goodies. That's right. You hide stuff. Uh, confronting while he's indulging gets pretty aggressive. Uh, is sleep eating a thing? Yes. Sleep sex, sleep eating, sleep everything. You can do it just by sleep driving. Uh, make sure he's off the alcohol and all the things that can uh, Well, does he take sleep. all those meds that make you do that? Is that why? Uh, that's another possibility. Watch the medication. Watch the sleep hygiene. You may want to get a sleep study done to see if it, what's going on in his sleep. That's Those sound fun. Is. I want to do one. Let's hear another um, voice message. Good morning, Dr. Julia. Hi. Quick question. Just want to know if babies can fart inside the womb. Keep uh, mine tight. Wow. <laughs> good question. I don't... They would be colonized, but I think the colonies change once they hit the outside world. It's the methane production. that If you're not... Either, either swallowing air or methane yeah. production by the bacteria. So my bet is they probably don't. So do they, when once they're born, just have the world's biggest fart? No, because you, you have to start eating and stuff. Oh, and, okay. And, uh, and, and I know they're studying now a lot of the what goes on in the guts of newborns and things. So this is all based on what I think now may be disproven. So I'm just going to say no. Uh, here's the deal, man. When I was 11, I had surgery to remove my large intestine due to Crohn's disease. Ouch. Ow. 11. Oh, man. Had an ostomy for a while, meaning his ileum came to the surface of his abdomen here. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, but they were able to hook everything back up, which is they, they do an ileorectal sort of reconnection. 
Ever since that day in 2008, I haven't been able to fart without shitting all over myself. That makes sense. Oh my God. Because, because the colon, all it does is remove water from the stool. That's right. really all it does. And so that water, if you don't have the water removed, you have a lot of liquid sitting down there and your, your rectum wasn't designed to regulate that. Oh. And so you probably should not be farting. Without a large intestine, <laughs> every dump is Taco Bell dump. That's right. Over the years, I've tried to train myself to fart again, but it always ends in a mess. Yeah, don't, don't. By the way, you shouldn't really be having much gas too because of you know the colon is where all that sort of develops. Oh. But there can be there can be some. I mean, uh, roommate says that I fart in my sleep, which is bullshit because I want to be able to enjoy my farts. For the love of God, I'm begging you to fix me. Why do people like farting so much? I like to just not have that happen. It, it's not everybody. It's it's men and Christina P. Yeah, I really don't. I don't. I feel like there's, yeah, I don't, I'm, not, I'm trying to remember if I've ever been into it. I don't think so. And and it's, by the way, not every ethnicity is into farting. It's is sort of white people, white thing? male. It's a white male thing. Interesting. Almost exclusively. White men, they're the ones farting on each other. Once they're the oppressed gender, they won't have time to think about farts. It's like a well, luxury of it. power. Yeah, maybe so, it's the supremacy. So when impulse. women take over, yeah. they'll just be like, oh my God, we're cleaning, we're cooking, we have no oh, time women for farting. Oh, women will not tolerate that farting stuff. <laughs> This is what separates male and female humor. Yeah, I it's, know. It's gas and Three Stooges. That's, I know, and I liked Three Stooges growing up, but we had three channels. I had no choice. Right. It was that or watch. The I watched news. them a little bit this last weekend, and I was surprised how much I didn't like it. My mother used to get rip roaring mad. What? Turn that off. This is stupid. She yeah, wasn't right. She, wrong. She wasn't wrong. My name is Jessica. I have a medical question that relates to a call from episode eight who had a shooting pain when he coughed every time I sneeze. Usually a few times in a row, I get shooting pains in my chest and the sneeze especially deep. My arms take as well. So that's called, that's a costochondral spasm. It's the muscles in the, between the ribs here that can spasm. Oh. And some people, when they sneeze, it can really, really go. Whoa, really? Yeah. I yeah. get that too. Ah, Everyone was calling me crazy and then I had like a nervous system uh, problem. No, it's costo. It's, it, does it persist sometimes too? Uh, if I have a couple sneezes in a row, yeah. my arms will just go numb. Oh, well, that's Whoa. interesting. That's oh, a little shit. different. So that's, that is... That's a little different. Do am you, I dying? Do you, do, you, do you snap your head or anything when you're... Or snap it back? Oh, I actually sneeze like a maniac. I plug my nose when I sneeze. Oh, that's Jesus. good for you, isn't no, it? it? It's not good at all, no. It's, uh, I know I shouldn't do it. I have it, to observe this sometimes. I have to watch <laughs> yeah, it. Do you ever get so hungry? It like comes on you all of a sudden. You're like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. I'm going to throw up. And you sneeze and it goes away. Like it's, it seems like the wiring is wired. Um, sh Sure. That's happened to me where I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm so hungry. I'm going to throw up. Achoo! And then it goes away. And I'm like, oh, it, it happens like once every two months. And I'm like, am I wired weird? Yes. <laughs> also, why do we close our eyes when we sneeze? It's very inconvenient while driving. It's true. Two whole seconds, my eyes can be shut and I'm on the 101. They'll pop right out of your skull if you don't do that. But you could crash your car. Or have your eyeballs pop out. <laughs> they would no, really pop out? I don't think so. I think you probably train yourself to do it with your eyes open. I'm going to start trying. I think it's more of I, I, it, there may be a reflex involved in it. You know, the blink reflex is pretty powerful. It's hard. Yeah, to like I that. can't open my yeah. eyes when it's happening, yeah. and I'm ugh. If, oh, yeah. Interesting. I don't know if that's been. We have to <laughs> that up. Uh, I have a Morena IUD. Four years now. I've been on uh, citalopram, which is. Um, um, oh my gosh! I'm blanking on the name of the drug. Anyway, it's an antidepressant. Uh, Selexa. Uh, and uh, I have found a decrease in libido, of course. I'm generally not a sexual person. Interesting. But I'm wondering if the IUD antidepressant are increasing my sex drive. Absolutely. Both of those medicines, both the progesterone and the Mirena and the citalopram, both can significantly uh, reduce your your um, libido. Check me on citalopram. Is it Celexa? Am I right on that, everybody? 
or is it uh, Levac- Le- uh What's on. the name of the medication? C I T A L O P R A M. I don't want to get that wrong. I'm going to get lots of emails afterwards. That's it. That's good enough. Come on. Uh, is it used to treat depression? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. What's the generic uh, trade name? Selexa. Yeah, it's Alexa over there. That's mm. what I thought. There you go. Anyway, all those antidepressants, the serotonin reuptake inhibitors, can significantly affect your sexual functioning, and people don't educate patients about that and by the same token the mm. progesterone pill the marina can screw with women's libido immensely and dry cause vaginal dryness uh, the call we always get in love and we will get on this show was i'm allergic to my boyfriend's sperm every time he ejaculates it burns no you're not allergic to your boyfriend's sperm you're on a progesterone dominant pill or marina mm. And you have atrophic vaginitis, and anything will irritate the lining. That's funny because in my 30s, everyone said that's the most sexual years. And for me, it wasn't, but I was on a heavily progesterone birth control pill, and I just had zero sex drive. There it is. Um, there it is. So interesting. And that now I, that kind of explains those and, years. And no, but nobody explains that to women either. They yeah. really need to spend some time explaining nobody it. Nobody explained it. Explain it to me. That's what I said. It made my skin break out, and I went off it because I'm vain. So, you know. You did the right thing. Do we have any more videos to show Jen before I let her get her out of here? Uh, nope, no more videos. Oh, you're spins. I've been, been saved. You've been spared. Well, it's fun to talk to you. So fun. I know we still have to have coffee. I'd love to. It's I'm 19, here. 19, 2019. 2023. 20, yeah, 23. We should make it by then. <laughs> so, but listen, uh, thank you. Anything else, last minute you want to say? I'm turning 45 in August. If any, if you have any advice, uh, celebrate. About... Celebrate. Have a birthday. I have to go on tour the next week, so I'm trying to keep it LK. Is, is tour all American and, and North American? No, it's like Boston, New York, then I go to Toronto and London, and then I go to London. Oslo and Amsterdam. Oh my and, God, how fun. Yeah, so I got to like keep it health, health. Good for you. Yeah, I'm afraid if I have a birthday, I'll like get drunk, then I'll be hungover, then I'll, then I'll just... So am I deluding myself that that's all comes from a creative place? Because that's how I experience it. Uh, that comes from my, I want to travel. So I call those my break-even uh, gigs. Uh, uh, uh. Like I get paid, and then I stay in nice places. So that's my wanderlust, like... My least favorite part of that stuff is the shows. <laughs> That's really funny. Is there any more Netflix specials coming or anything? Uh, no. The I, other one's still out there, yeah? Yeah, Just Keep Living is my latest one. I'd like to do more. We're trying to find the right platform. If Netflix lets me do another one, so far it's been eh. Seems like Amazon's starting to pick stuff up too. I think they are. I've got a bunch. Yeah, so I mean, I'll do it. You know, I'll, I've got a new hour. It's super fun. Cool. But see me live, y'all. So you're live. Also for me, uh, check out the Dr. Drew podcast. Also the Amazon Dr. Drew podcast. All at drdrew.com. And uh, this life also, hashtag you live. It's all over there. We've got the Opium series. And uh, we appreciate you supporting this show, guys. So uh, Jen Kirkman and myself, we'll see you next time. All conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.